Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Hi there, I'm Josh Raymond. So glad to have you joining us here today on The Inner Life. If you're a regular listener, if you listen each day, then you know today is the fourth day of our Novena to St. Joseph. Together we're praying for our intentions, asking for St. Joseph's intercession leading up to this Saturday, May 1st. That's the Feast of St. Joseph the Worker. And uh, thank you to all of those of you who have written in with your specific prayer requests so far. I've read through everything that has come through. Uh, actually spent many hours reading through all the different emails, but um, so many of you are asking for prayers for your kids to come back to the church, asking for you or someone you care about to find employment, especially with so many of uh, people being out of work due to the the uh, pandemic. A lot of intentions for physical healing for you or for a loved one. Another common theme in so many emails is for your marriages to be healed. And so if you haven't sent through those uh, an intention you'd like added, it's not too late. You can still email those through to innerlife at relevantradio.com. Um, as I've said before, uh, all your prayer intentions will be kept confidential. I'm not going to share them with anybody. I won't read them over the air. Um, and so, again, if you'd like to include those, uh, it's not too late. Innerlife at relevantradio.com is the email address. Now, the prayer I'm using, you can find it on the Relevant Radio app. If you go to the app in the upper right corner, you'll see the icon Pray. Just tap on that, and then in that menu, select Devotions. And when you scroll down, you'll find that Novena to St. Joseph. So, with uh, all of us uniting together in prayer here, let's uh, turn our hearts and our minds to Christ and uh, whatever those intentions are that you're holding. Let's ask for St. Joseph to intercede for us to his earthly son, Jesus, his adopted son, Jesus. Um, In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O St. Joseph, whose protection is so great, so strong, so prompt before the throne of God, I place in you all my interests and desires. O St. Joseph, do assist me by your powerful intercession and obtain for me from your divine Son all spiritual blessings through Jesus Christ our Lord, so that having engaged here below your heavenly power, I may offer my thanksgiving and homage to the most loving of fathers. O St. Joseph, I never weary contemplating you and Jesus asleep in your arms. I dare not approach while he reposes near your heart. Press him in my name and kiss his fine head for me and ask him to return the kiss when I draw my dying breath. St. Joseph, patron of departing souls, pray for us. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now today, today as we begin the show, let me ask you, if you had a chance to live for 80 years, and that was your life, but for all of those years, you wouldn't, you, you'd be in the same shape that you were when you were 25. You wouldn't have any problems with joints, no pain when you woke up in the morning. 
your hearing, your eyesight, no failure yet, uh, no issues with your heart or other major organs, none of those different things that come along with growing old. And at the end of the 80 years, you know that that's the allotted time that you'd have on, on the earth. Would you choose that or would you rather live for 200 years? But you'd normally age, you know, with all the regular pains and infirmities that come with growing older. But you would be guaranteed to live for 200 years. Which one of those would you choose? Well, a couple of years ago, we had some friends over for dinner. And after dinner, we were all sitting there around the table and enjoying the conversation. And that question was thrown out by one of my teenage kids. And then we ended up going around. My kids, they love to play this would-you-rather game, right? You know, would you rather give up uh, chocolate or would you rather give up coffee? Would you rather give up burgers? You could never have another burger for the rest of your life. Or would you rather give up pizza? And so this was one of those would-you-rather questions. And so it went around the table and everyone that was before me chose that 80-year option, being able to live for 80 years, but you feel great like when you were 25. And I understood why everyone went with that option, but I didn't. And when the question worked its way around to me, I said, I didn't necessarily want to live for 200 years, but I definitely didn't want to live for 80 years with the health of when I was 25. And the problem with that for me is that at 25, I was just far too attached to my life here on earth. I'm sure there are plenty of areas even now where I'm too attached to my life on earth, but at 25, you know, full of health and energy and feeling invincible, I I wasn't even aware to the same degree that I am now of my own mortality. However, the older I've grown, the more my body, as it starts to wear out, the more I watch older relatives who pass away, then each year I find myself a little less attached to this life. And I think that's actually a gift from God. I think it helps me. I think it helps all of us to be more and more ready to let go when this life, when that that time comes, when, when our life is over here on earth. Now, don't get me wrong. I want to enjoy many more years with my wife and my kids. I look forward to many things. I want to be able to see my grandkids born. I want to be able to spend time with people I enjoy. I I want to see what the future brings. I want a flying car if that if that does ever happen, right? But I'm glad that I'm not in the same shape I was at 25. I'm actually glad that I wake up in the morning and I have that little pain in my back or my knee or my ankle or my shoulder or, you know, whatever it is that you wake up in the morning. I'm glad I don't have the same energy that I did 20 years ago. It makes me all the more ready to be able to say goodbye when God decides it's time for my earthly life to end. And taking that a step further, I've always actually been in awe of those saints who have shown that detachment from this life, those who have demonstrated that willingness to offer their lives for their faith, for their belief in Christ, especially those that did so at a very young age. And I'd like to imagine that I would have that same mix of bravery and humility Um, if I was ever faced with death or torture because I'm a Christian. But I know that I'll probably never have to face that same sort of life or death situation as so many of the saints that have gone on before us. And you are probably in that same boat. We're probably much more likely to die from a terminal illness or of old age than being martyred for the faith, at least here in the U.S., But today on The Inner Life, we want to discuss how we can have that same sort of attitude of the saints who were martyred for proclaiming their love for Jesus. And so how do you live your life so that you are willing to give it up for Jesus? 
When have you faced that time where you had to die to yourself in order to live for Christ? You know, maybe that spiritual kind of martyrdom, that emotional martyrdom. What has helped you to be less attached to your life? And that's the conversation we want to have today. And we're going to speak with one of our regular spiritual directors, a voice that you hear on Relevant Radio regularly, Father Matthew Spencer, a priest of the Oblates of St. Joseph. And he currently serves as the Provincial Superior and the Shrine Director for the Oblates of St. Joseph out of Santa Cruz, California. Father Matthew, welcome back to the program today. So glad to have you here. Thank you, Josh. What a pleasure to be with you. And so today, as... I uh, described, you know, most of us in the Western English-speaking world, we're likely not to have to face any sort of death, physical death, because we're Catholic. So starting out, how do you think we should look and say, how can I have that same attitude of the martyrs? What are maybe some key hallmarks that we should look for in our own lives? I think, Josh, we start by, by the way, I really love this topic that you and your producer <laughs> presented because this is, um, it's just a lot of food for thought here, right. you know, about how do we live our life as, as a martyr. Um, I, I think we start by looking at the early church. The, the first Christians, Josh, were, were looking at Christ, seeing how short his life was and how brutal his death was. And not only the life of Jesus, but then his closest circle, all of the apostles, with the exception of St. John, would would give their lives as martyrs. And so it, it became part and parcel of the Christian package. It's just, if you become a Christian, then martyrdom is, is very likely what's going to be asked of you. And can you imagine joining a, joining this faith movement when that's what's promised to you and that's what's you know just part of what's going to happen to you uh the the level of faith that that must have taken and I, so i think when we when we start looking at at martyrdom it's very important to look to the early church and see how the the first christians approached this which was we have to imitate jesus and not only in the his beautiful virtues that he showed not only in the teachings that he proclaimed and shared we have to imitate him even in his death and the way that he accepted death um as hard as that is as challenging as that is that's a fundamental part of the christian life yeah and you know uh, i i have found myself ever since i have had the uh, blessed opportunity to take over for chuck here on the inner life for some reason, it's been very common for me to go back again and again and again to the Beatitudes, the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, as I have conversations with you and so many other priests, and especially that last line there in the Beatitudes, blessed are you when you are persecuted, when people revile you and speak all sorts of evil against you because of my name. Rejoice and be glad, for great will your reward be in heaven." And, you know, that that's kind of that first big public sermon that Jesus gives. And right out of the gate, he just says, you're going to be persecuted. You're going to have bad things happen to you, but be joyful. What, what a paradox, you know, what, what a challenge, because one of the greatest sufferings that we have as, as human beings is to be rejected by by our brethren, is to be persecuted and and. And, um, you know, and to suffer at the hands of those who should be loving us and caring for us. But you're right. That's, that's one of the, one of the first essential teachings of Jesus. And not only be prepared, but, but know that it's going to happen 
too, that if he couldn't escape persecution, if he didn't escape criticism, then certainly we as his disciples won't be able to escape that either. So to to accept that as part of our cross and to embrace it uh, is very hard, but also part of the, the Christian life. Well, and another thing that came to mind as I was thinking about this is something that G.K. Chesterton wrote. And he wrote about martyrdom in the opening of his book, All Things Considered. And one line that really stood out to me was where he talks about non-Christians. He says the pagan looking at that willingness of the Christian to die for their faith and not just die, but go forward with a joy, with a happiness when they meet their end. And he said that the pagan responds looking at this by saying if Christianity makes a man happy while his legs are being eaten by a lion – might it not make me happy while my legs are still attached to me and I'm walking down the street? And so, yeah, I, I know. It, it, yeah, yeah Chesterton has some great lines, doesn't he? He uh, does. But uh, maybe we can talk about the fact not just, you know, looking inward at ourselves, but also that the fact that being that martyr, even if it's just kind of a living martyrdom that we're that we're living out in our life, Especially when we have that joy in the face of trials or persecutions, that can be such an enormous witness to others about Christ in the church. It can. Let's um, let's consider you know an alternate perspective that we hear so often in in our society: people making themselves out to be martyrs, right? People oh, sure. uh, imagining that somehow right. they're the a, ones a that a complex are... of martyrdom, I'm, exactly I'm, right. <laughs> Exactly. And to me, uh, when we think of that as kind of the, the alternative, right, to, to authentic martyrdom, uh, it, it was actually the, the moral theologian of Father Pruner, a, a Dominican priest, who, who would write about martyrdom and say this, Josh, that martyrdom, real authentic martyrdom has three characteristics to it. There's actual death. That's the first characteristic. The second is that that death comes uh, not as an accident, not because of some other incidental part of life, but out of a hatred for the the Christian belief that that person has. And thirdly, it has to be voluntary. And I think this is what Chesterton is getting at, that uh, to be joyful as as a martyr, to be joyful having our, our legs gnawed off by a beast of, of the earth is uh, has to be a decision that we make to say, wait a second, I, I'm placing my hope in eternal life and I'm looking to something greater. And I'm deciding of my own accord that, that this is worth it, this suffering and this path that Jesus has given to me. And now we, we could ex- extend uh, Father Pruner's uh, observations to to martyrdom that for you and for me, Josh, who most likely won't be called to shed our blood for the faith, but there has to be an actual suffering, an actual surrendering of our life. There has to be this surrendering of our life and this persecution that comes because of our Christian values. And also, we have to do it with joy. We have to do it voluntarily. And if we don't, then we're going to end up with that false uh, martyrdom that we just spoke about, right? That martyrdom that the world tries to push on us, but that isn't really what Jesus is asking of us. He wants it to be real, authentic. He wants it to be because of our Christian values and, and of our own accord. Yeah, that seems like such a hard thing to approach. I, how, <laughs> I'm just going to ask you right out, Father, how do you try and live that out in your life? Well, I think um, I've been thinking about this, Josh. I was thinking about this um, this particular text from from Ireland. It's it's one of the oldest, I believe. It's perhaps the oldest uh, old Gaelic written texts that we have. It's from the seventh century, 
and it describes it's a homily on martyrdom, and it describes three different types of martyrdom. Red martyrdom—that's the typical classic shedding of our blood. It talks about white martyrdom, which is a, a patient suffering, one one in which we won't shed our blood, but we give our life here on this earth and all the time we have in patience and in virtue for the Lord. And a green martyrdom, which is a which is a、um, an extensive asceticism, right? Which is to live a life of of extreme self denial, which it, Irish monks are are rather famous for. In my own life, I have to say, Josh, that I, I probably am not called to red martyrdom. It's、uh, the green martyrdom. While there's an attraction there, is not necessarily the charism and spirituality that I've been given as an oblate of Saint Joseph. But that white martyrdom, my goodness, that's right up my alley in terms of what what I believe God is calling me to—a patient a self-denial and giving of myself. And I think what that means, Josh, is day by day. Moment by moment, deciding, saying, "Okay, Lord, I'm going to give you this time. I'm going to offer up my will, offer up my life, serve、uh, those that you've entrusted to me, and try to、um, and try to be that that white martyr that you want." Now, I don't want to give the impression, Josh, that I'm I'm great at this. I'm still working at it. We all are, but I think that's the plan and that's the approach that I take. Yeah, the the word that sticks out there to me is patient martyrdom、mm. because.、Uh, When you're being safe and、uh, I'm sorry, patient suffering, patience, that part right there. Because if I'm going through suffering, even if I, I, you know, in the midst of it, I say, all right, I'm going to offer this up for you know whatever、uh, that you want the greater good to be. You know, this this redemptive suffering that I'm trying to go through and I'm trying to offer it up. But God, let it be over as quickly as possible. And I don't want to have the patience there for it. I just want it to be over and done. I'd like to get back to not suffering very quickly here, God. <laughs> I like.、It. I was I was listening to your conversation、uh, at the start of the program、uh, after the novena to Saint Joseph, and、um, I definitely, Josh, would would choose. Eighty years of perfect health definitely would choose that.、Uh, for one thing, at the age of twenty-five, I was in terrible health, suffering from、uh-huh. a, a recovering from a brain injury. So that is not the optimal age of of health I want. But also because of the point you just make, it's it's hard to to suffer for a long time, and it's hard to extend that out. Patience is、uh, is a, is a much more challenging form of suffering, and and.、Um, Maybe that's why God、uh, doesn't want me to just live an easy, an easy eighty lives <laughs> or eighty years because He knows that I have to grow in patience. But yeah, that isn't it. I mean, we can we can have a little bit of suffering, offer that up, and 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 it can have a positive effect on it. But you prolong that for a few weeks, for a few months, for a few years, and all of a sudden that suffering changes dramatically how how much it taxes us and how much it demands of us. But but you're right. Suffering and patient suffering is an essential part of the Christian life. Our spiritual director today is Father Matthew Spencer, a priest of the Oblates of Saint Joseph, and we're talking about living like a martyr. Whether that is that patient suffering that Father Matthew was talking about, maybe it's that extreme self denial,、um, maybe it's a different way that you, in your life, you have come to a point where you say, "No, I, I know I probably will never have to face." That persecution, that torture, that death that other Christians have had to face, but I'm willing to give my life for Jesus in different ways. When has been that time where you've had to to die to yourself in order to live for Christ? And what has helped you to be less attached to your life so that you can have your eyes set on that final reward, on that hope of spending eternity 
in heaven with Christ. You can give us a call, 888-914-9149. That's our studio line, and again, that's 888-914-9149. You can also email us, innerlife at relevantradio.com. We'll have more on this coming up in just a moment here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. If you're looking for a little help on your journey of faith, our priests are here for you. Call now, 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. Or email us, innerlife at relevantradio.com. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back to The Inner Life. I'm Josh Raymond, along with our spiritual director, Father Matthew Spencer, a priest of the Oblates of St. Joseph out of Santa Cruz, California, is where he's based. And we're talking about living our lives, being martyrs, not necessarily that we're going to face physical death, especially for those of us living in Western English-speaking countries, but that we want to still have that same sort of fervor and that trust that it doesn't matter if our lives are taken for our for our faith for what we believe in that we want to proclaim that as boldly as we possibly can and live with that attitude of those who have died for the faith how have you been able to live that out in your own life when have you faced that time where you had to die to yourself maybe emotionally or spiritually in order to live for Christ what has helped you to be less attached to your life so that you can live for Christ. The number you can call and join us here, uh, studio line is 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And Father Matthew, uh, one of the passages that St. Paul has that uh, really came to my mind as I very first started to, uh, thinking about this, it's in the first chapter of his letter to the Philippians. And he writes and says, for, me to, for to me, life is Christ and death is gain. And he says, if I go on living in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. And I don't know which I, should, I shall choose. I'm caught between two. I long to depart this life and be with Christ, for that's far better. Yet if I remain in the flesh, it is necessary for your benefit. And he's speaking to those who he's writing to. And so we find ourselves as Christians, as Catholics, in this kind of juxtaposition um, you know, you, you mentioned the word paradox, where we want to live life, as Paul describes, knowing that our time on earth is for the benefit of our own spiritual growth, as well as for those around us, that we are supposed to help them on their journey to heaven as well. But we also look forward to being with Jesus in heaven. So while we're here on earth, we want to live that full life. But we should have that mindset of being excited about moving forward to heaven. Um, but it's hard to say, well, I look forward to death without sounding a bit morbid. Uh, looking at Philippians 1, verses 19 and forward, and, and hearing them, Josh, makes me think of the early church fathers who who would speak about longing to be to become the food of, of the beasts, right? And wanting their flesh to be ground like wheat is ground inside of a mill, uh, and they they longed so much for the the witness of martyrdom that that this was the language that they used. But try getting that published today, Josh. <laughs> you won't have a publisher pick that up because it does right. sound rather macabre, you know, rather dark. Um, 
When it's done, when that approach、uh, follows the correct spiritual, sp- a good theology, I should say, then then of course that's true. I mean, the church fathers were were right in that desire. But I think Philippians one has a has a real balanced approach, as Saint Paul says, and as you quoted, you know, for to me life is Christ and death is gain, and I don't know which to choose. And that's that's a sense that we hear a lot of saints describing. I'm, I'm thinking of say Saint Therese of Lisieux, who who wanted, longed so much to be with Jesus, and had such a rich faith. She knew that this was her her destiny to be with God forever. But she also really felt this this desire to work hard with the years and the time that that, that God gave her, and to want to bring more souls to Christ through her work here on earth. And I think I think all saints will will eventually find this as as a tension that they have to live in their life. On the one hand, wanting to work as hard as possible here on earth, and on the other hand, longing to for this life to to quickly get wrapped up so that we can be with God in heaven. And I, I certainly think there's there's a healthy way to think about these things. Right. Well, let's go to the phones. We've got a lot of people who are calling in here, Father Matthew.、Um, let's go to Tom. He's listening in Wapaka, Wisconsin. Hi, Tom. Welcome to the Inner Life today. Hello. Hi there. Hi. My question is this: I grew up Catholic my whole life.、Uh, never really meant anything to me. And when I turned thirty-two, I got shot at work. And I'm an incomplete quad, and I've been living with severe nerve pain and spasms now. For 20 years, and I had my conversion after I got shot, turned back to God.、Uh, but I offer up my pain, and I really don't see any results. And how do you do it, like Saint Teresa, where she's like she just had joy out of it? I'm trying to get to that because I have nerve pain that just it never goes away ever. Yeah, Tom. Well, thanks so much for for calling in. I'm very very sorry for that injury and.、Um, That chronic pain is is really tough, right? It's a major cross that, that many people are carrying in their life.、Um, here, here's what I'd say, Tom. What, what comes to my mind, you know, the word martyr, the root of that word means witness, right? It means somebody who bears witness to to something greater. So when Jesus was a martyr, he died on the cross, but he was witnessing to salvation and to eternal life. When the apostles and the first Christian martyrs Gave up their life, they were testifying to to something greater, right? To the teachings of Jesus and to eternal life forever. And I think that has to be the crux of of what your pain、uh, is about and how you live with that pain. Because if it's if you're just living on your own, grinning and bearing it, and trying to you know trying to carry this cross, and it's not leading to a a, a witness. Then it's not going to be as fruitful as it could be. But what do I mean by that? When you're suffering to to patiently put on on a smile, to, when you're suffering to very patiently exude that joy to the extent possible, right? With with human limitations that we have. Now you might not see immediately the the fruits of that. You might not see people's around you changing, and you might think, "Well, what's the point of this suffering? Nobody else seems to be benefiting from it." My response would be, "We we don't know that <laughs> people people will be looking at you, pondering、uh, how you can bear these sufferings, and it makes them think by your witness there."、Um, 
I, I know it's I know it's hard and I know it makes it that much more difficult when we have great pain and especially when it's ongoing. It's it's hard to use to transform that into a witness for the world because we we so so often turn inward and we feel kind of uh, just enveloped in our own pain. But I think the the invitation in by carrying our cross and being uh, martyrs, whether it's by blood or or the white martyrdom we are talking about is in order to give witness to our life. So I just encourage you, Tom, to to not forget about, yes, you can offer up your pain and in a mystical sense, join that pain that in suffering to the sufferings of Jesus on the cross. But also in a very concrete way, uh, you your pain can be a witness and how you bear that pain very patiently, uh, please God with his grace, then um, it can it can bear witness to what we look forward to, eternal life with God in heaven. And Father Matthew, as Tom is describing here, you know, um, having that difficulty, uh, being able to face this with that joy, is that a fine thing to be able to pray for? Just say, you know, God, I don't feel that joy right now. Can you please bring that into my life? You know, not necessarily that I'm asking for the pain to be removed. If it is, that's great. (laughs) That'd be wonderful. (laughs) But help give me that joy in the midst of this suffering. Yes, I I think not only is that helpful, Josh, it's probably essential for for us in bearing pain. Uh, We need that grace of God because that joy doesn't come naturally. That joy comes because of our relationship with Christ and from his grace. So we should be praying for that that our our suffering might be transformed to be a genuine witness of of Christ's love in the world. And, And we need his grace to make that happen. Father Matthew Spencer is our spiritual director today. We're talking about living our lives like the martyrs, how we can live that out, even if we're not facing that direct uh, persecution, we're not being dragged off to an execution because of our faith. How do we still live that out in our lives? And we're taking your phone calls at 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And Father, let's go to Mary. She's listening in California. Hi, Mary. Welcome to The Inner Life today. Hi, thank you so much. Um, hi, Father Spencer. It's, hi, Mary. It's a pleasure to talk to you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm calling because I have a daughter um, who is planning to enter a cloister uh, later this year. And um, I, I have known that she has been considering this for a long time. But having her announce that she is going in is a great suffering to me. Mm-hmm. Um I, you know, I love her and I, I want her near me. I, um, my, my children are the, my greatest joys in life and um, I'm going to miss her so much. And it's, it's very hard to deal with the reality that she'll be going in and never coming out. Um, so I, I'm in a better place than I was when she first announced it, but this time before she goes in is, is going to be very difficult because I'm, you know, I'm thinking, okay, this is the last time she's going to do this and the last time for that. And, um, and I, I was wondering if I, if my suffering could be a type of white martyrdom and, um, I, I could, I could accept it in that way. Um, anyway, I just, I would like your thoughts on, on how, um, how best to how best to accept us? <laughs> mm, sure. Well, thank you, Mary, for sharing that that suffering with with us and and with our listeners. Um, it's not a suffering that 
that many people will will be asked to endure. Um, all all parents, I think, at some point have to let go of of their children and and allow their children to to spread their wings, and that does change how often. We might see our children. How often, uh, you know, we're involved in their lives directly. But what you're describing is a, a, a very particular form of, of letting go, where where we we give our children to the cloister, uh, and and give up even just the regular, frequent uh, visits that we might have if they were outside living in the world. And so it is a, a real a real cross. And so I'm I'm grateful that you you share that and that you recognize also this this as a, as a cross. Uh, I have a few thoughts, Mary. So, um, first of all, I'm thinking I need to put you in touch with my mom because my mom has uh, two priests, and I know that uh, myself and my brother are both priests. And while we're not cloister priests, we we pretty rarely get to go home and pretty rarely get to to spend time with family. And especially those big holidays are the busiest times of the year for us as priests, Christmas and Easter and, and, and other times. So to be together for family gatherings is, is very uh, difficult and doesn't happen often. And I know that while my mom and my dad too, I should say, we're, we're very, very pleased and, and proud to have two, two of their children enter religious life and the priesthood that, that, after a while, they realized what it what it meant and and the cost of that and and how that how hard that is. Uh, but but here's my my thought about for you about how to how you can manage that suffering and and struggle with it. First, I think uh, your your daughter is continuing discernment. Now, uh, I'm not saying that she won't stay in the convent, but but what's happening right now is a process of discernment. She she is entering the convent and she might be accepted, she might not. She might discover that it's for her, she might not. And the only reason I'm saying that is because um, it's important to remember this is not the the end. This is the beginning of, of, a, of a new stage of discernment for her and a, a stage that she needs support in, in, in continuing. Um, so, so don't look at it as, as just, this is the last time we're doing this, the last time we're doing this. Instead, look at it as, well, now we're doing this before my daughter continues her discernment here. And it's possible that we might not have this, this time in the future, but, and here's the, here's the crux of, of the matter, I think, Mary, but if God is asking her to enter the cloister, then that is going to bear more fruit in my life than if she stayed with me. And, and and I mean that in a very real, a very real, real spiritual way. If God is asking your daughter to enter the cloister, there is nothing better for you than that she enter the cloister for your spiritual life, for your growth in holiness, for your growth in virtue. Yes, it, it is challenging. And I, I know that doesn't take away the suffering and the pain. But I think to put it into perspective is very important to realize that we want God's will and it's God's will that is best for everyone, including those who are suffering uh, temporarily because of it. And I hope that will help you bear more patiently this this process and these steps, realizing that if God is asking this of you as he as he pierced Mary's heart with a lance, with a sword, I should say, spiritually, um, well, he's going to bring great fruition from that, just as he brought great fruition from Mary's suffering. You know, uh, Father Matthew, you had mentioned St. Therese earlier in the program, and her parents come to my mind here with Mary and looking at her daughter planning mm-hmm. to enter that cloistered community, too, because 
uh, Louis and Zelly. Louis, he was the only one alive at that point when St. Therese approached him about entering a cloistered community. But he had four daughters that all entered that cloistered community. And Mary, that might be a good uh, option for you is just pray for Louis and Zelly Martin for their intercession on your behalf that you can be at peace if this is where God is calling your daughter. Um, they're, they're a great uh, couple of uh, just uh, a holy man and woman that were married that lived such a virtuous example that all of their daughters ended up entering that religious community. It's a beautiful, beautiful uh, piece of advice, Josh, that I think is, is a fantastic uh, I hope will help you, Mary, as well, to, to realize to lean on on the, the zealies who can help you uh, intercede for you and also provide that example of patient endurance of, of the cross that God might might be asking of you. We're talking about living our lives, being a martyr. Um, if it's not the physical martyrdom, that emotional, that spiritual uh, martyrdom that we face in our own lives, how we can have that patient suffering or that extreme self-denial in different situations that we face, and how we can live our lives for Christ, allowing us to grow closer to Christ, allowing us to be that witness for Christ. How do you live that in your life? How do you how do you die to yourself in order to live for Christ? What has helped you to be less attached to your life here on earth so that you can look forward to eternity with Christ? You can give us a call, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149, and we'll be back with more here on The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio Studio Line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit RelevantRadio.com slash Forrester. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life Spiritual Directors. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back. I'm Josh Raymond along with our spiritual director, Father Matthew Spencer, the Provincial Superior and Shrine Director for the Oblates of St. Joseph out of Santa Cruz, California. We're talking about living our lives being those uh, martyrs for the faith, not necessarily that we're going to have to face death itself uh, because of what we believe, but that we can live out that life like the martyrs who have given up their lives for the faith. We can have that same sort of attitude, that same approach to our lives. And how do you live that out in your own life? What has helped you to be less attached to your life so that you can live for Christ. Then the studio lines are open, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And Father Matthew, let's go back to the phones. Glenn is listening in Silver Spring, Maryland. Hi, Glenn. Welcome to The Inner Life today. Hi, uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, yeah, hopefully I don't get too emotional. It's, it's really, um, I'm going through a divorce. I'm, I guess I'm trying to relate my situation to martyrdom and there's some aspects I don't see that are directly related in the fact that, um, you know, my suffering is, is I'm trying to relate with how it's related exactly to my faith. I became Catholic after my wife, my wife left me and, um, it's, it's been a very hard road. And in addition to my wife, my, my kids, I'm estranged from uh, my older two, I have three children. 
and um, it's been a very, very difficult situation. Um, and you know, there's a lot of suffering involved. But I'm trying to understand how I can, you know, understand it in, in relation to martyrdom. Um, obviously, I'm Catholic, and um, but I'm not sure I'm suffering for my faith. Um, there's a great deal of suffering, but it's, it's, um, it's not, I'm not being suffer I'm not being persecuted because of my, my, my Catholicism, of course. Um, and, and I'm just trying to understand, you know, how best to, um, approach, you know, the, the mental aspect of the suffering and how I can relate it maybe to martyrdom in some way. Um, yeah, just the intense yeah. pain I feel on a on a daily basis, and um, yeah. just the loss. I mean, I, I've I've I read something today that would help me out, which was talking about the fact that um, inner detachment, if it's not, you know, if it's self centered, if it's focusing on your attachment to something that's not of God, it's other than God, it's a created thing or purpose, a person. You know, that's a that's. It's a self-centeredness that you have to detach from that and, and somehow just burn that away. And, and uh, yeah. what, what's left is what you should hold on to. But. Sure. Well, let me jump in here, Glenn, because um, I'm, I'm grateful that you're you've called. I'm grateful that you're you're bearing your pain and your suffering to to ponder. You know what what you can do with it. How you can how can it become more redemptive. In your life, which, which is the only reason God allows suffering in our life, right? The only reason that he's allowing you to experience the pain of separation from your wife, separation from your children right now. The only reason he's allowing it is for a greater good. And part of that greater good is is our own transformation, right? Our own detachment, as, as you rightly point out, our own reliance on God and our own our own decision to say lord i'm going to i'm going to accept the sufferings that you give me not because god wants us to just experience pain and not because we are you know um are masochists but rather because there's something that god can draw out of this and i think one one really important thing that that he can draw out of these types of experiences glenn by the way you are you are not alone I hope you know in in the pain that you're experiencing because of divorce and because of alienation from our loved ones, uh, many people are are experiencing this too. And why does what what can God do with that? I think one of the one of the really important things He does is that He draws us into a, a broader community. You mentioned that you you became Catholic following this, and I think that's not an accident, right? God. God is inviting you to also rely, to lean upon your extended family of faith here on earth. And so for you to, to find that support, strength, and, and even your identity within the community of believers is, is important and essential. And I hope that one of the, one of the outcomes of, of the suffering that you're going through right now is that you do find uh, relationships that can support you and strengthen you along the way. Uh, but I also think what it, what it does is it um, when we experience the pain of of relationships that aren't working out the way we want, is it it should I hope lead us to Christ and lead us to to find our happiness in Him and to find uh, our 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 joy in Him alone. And I know just that word joy might seem like something that's impossible to attain and achieve right now. 
But as we were sharing with some of our previous callers, that joy comes through grace. That joy comes through prayer. That peace of heart and mind comes by patiently accepting the crosses God allows in our life, and then walking very humbly with them, and and um, trying to heal them, trying to to allow God to take those crosses away. But if He doesn't, to know that He'll be there to, to to support you in that. So, I'm very very sorry, Glenn, for the pain you're experiencing. I just want you to know that you're certainly not alone. You're part of part of our church, and we're connected that way. But also, um, I think there's a, a purification and a sanctification that God is is likely calling you to through this process for you to to grow in your attachment to the Lord. And Glenn, uh, just be aware that I've added your name, and I've ac- actually also added Mary and Tom, who were on the program just a little before you, all of you to the intentions that we're praying for in our St. Joseph Novena. So be assured of our prayers, and uh, we'll just pray that you're able to find that peace and be able to experience that joy that Father Matthew was talking about. Father Matthew, uh, let's see, we've got Gina, who is listening in Lakewood, California. Hi, Gina. Welcome to The Inner Life today. Hi. Hi. Thank you for having me on. Um, I just wanted to share a story um, of myself. Um, I lost myself, heart, body, soul, mind, Um, physically, spiritually, mentally. uh, I was in a physically and emotionally abusive relationship. Um, throughout that whole ordeal, um, I never lost my faith in God. I always went to church. And it seemed like every time I was at church, the priest would say, trust in Jesus, trust in him, you know. Believe me, if you just, you know, turn everything over to God, he will help you. And I was so fearful to do that. I was afraid to leave and afraid to believe that he would carry me through. So in that, um, I was ended up uh, getting physically hurt and having to leave in an ambulance with my two little girls next to me. And that was hard. Um, I was in now in physical pain, spiritual pain. Um, you just feel unloved. You just lose, you lose everything. When you walk away um, from something like that, you're in it and you feel like you have control and you really don't. And then when you walk away, um, you just, I don't know. It's just, it's a feeling that you just lost everything. Like you lost the battle. Um, Mm -hmm. I was in so much pain. I couldn't um, sit, stand, sleep, lay down. My whole body just hurt and ached. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm still going through some of that pain today, but um, it's not as bad as it was. And in this, um, I, I reached out to God. There was at one point, I think after about being in five or six months of pain, I was like, I can't take this anymore, God. I went outside and I stared at the sky, looked at the roses and just was praying and then went inside and laid in bed and said, God, you know, heal me or take me because I couldn't handle it anymore. Mm. And it was from that moment on that I felt God just reaching out and guiding me and believing in him. And I turned to the church and the priest at one point he had recommended reading uh, St. Teresa Lazou, reading her book. Mm-hmm. And I loved her so much. I think I read three or four of her books. And she really helped me because she wasn't able to go out and help people. It was something she did within her heart and within her soul right there at the moment where she was. And then in part of this, you know, reaching out and 
just finding God and finding love again and wanting to live for Him now because the world I lived in didn't matter. Physical possessions don't matter anymore. It's yeah. just wanting to live for Christ. And and um, finding forgiveness was the other hard thing because I had a lot of resentment. And then I was listening to Relevant Radio one day and you guys had Father Ubald on and talking about forgiveness. Mm. And that helps, um, huh? I bought his, I bought his book. I yeah. watched his videos on YouTube. His story. Uh, there was a um, virtual uh, conference on forgiveness a year ago, and he was there, and a bunch of other speakers were on it, and that really oh, that's helped beautiful. Too. Yeah, Just, Gina, it's uh, it's beautiful. You know, your your witness you're sharing. I, it made me laugh because I thought, how many times have I? preached from the from the ambo trusting god trusting god trusting god and um but that's those are words right those how does that actually reach down and i think your witness gina reminds us that that the way that we learn to trust we need to hear those words from from the priest of course we need to hear that in preaching but the way that we learn to trust is in the exercise of it right the way that we learn to trust in god is by by actually going through these experiences that demand demand us to rely on him so um so thanks for for your witness and and it's a reminder to me that as much as we need to preach it and to remind people to trust both from from the the pulpit as well as just in our daily life more importantly, we have to ourselves live patiently those moments that, that we've been given to suffer. Yeah, thank you so much for calling in, Gina, and sharing your story. And uh, again, I'll add you into the intentions that we're praying for. Father, we're down to just a couple of minutes here, but before we wind up the show, I thought it might be important. We've had you, I've made reference to it, Gina just made reference to St. Therese of Lisieux. And so I wanted to mention if anybody's listening and they... I haven't read her autobiography. It's called The Story of a Soul. And it really is, for me, it's probably one of the very best um, books spiritually reading um, that I've ever uh, come across in my entire life. Um, So I would very highly recommend it. But Father, uh, we are down to just about the last minute or so here. Could I ask you to offer for all of our listeners a final blessing? I would be honored. Josh, thanks so much for having me on. And for all of our listeners, may you who have already risen with Christ in baptism through faith by living in a right manner on this earth, be united with him in the homeland of heaven. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father Matthew, uh, we're going to have to have you back on, and you were talking about that trust that you preach from the pulpit. Maybe we can talk about that next time and having that Sounds trust. Great. All right. Good. <laughs> thanks, hey, thanks for being on the program today. And thank you for listening and being a part of the program. I'm so sorry to those of you who called in and we didn't have time to get you on the air, uh, but want to encourage you to join us again tomorrow here on The Inner Life. And of course, stay tuned. We've got Mass that's coming up next. We'll also continue our Novena to St. Joseph. And uh, that'll continue through the rest of this week leading up to Saturday, May 1st. If you would like your intentions included, you can email them to innerlife at relevantradio.com. And as I've always said, any intention you send through, I will keep it confidential. It won't be shared on the air. Um, So you can be assured of that. But again, if you'd like to have that included, it's not too late to join in the novena. You can join us tomorrow at the beginning of the program here at 11 o'clock central for that novena to St. Joseph the Worker. Again, the email address, innerlife at relevantradio.com. Have a blessed day.